All right, here we go. Five days away until announcement night for Williams Winery, OU in Missouri. And my social media timeline has been filled with the same thing today, Parker. Who the heck is this David Barry of Rivals? Who is this guy? Well. Why did he log a prediction for OU? Who is a, the national director of video for Rivals? Huh, okay, whatever, I'll take it. It's another prediction for OU for Williams Winery, okay. But trying to figure out who David Barry is today has been the uh, the big mystery that OU Twitter has been trying to well, solve today. Uh, background, context. He's also the same guy that has David Stone future cast to do Ohio State. So. <laughs> Take Ohio it all with State? a grain of salt, folks. Did, did Ohio State make the final five for, for no, David I don't, Stone? I, I don't believe they did. Okay, well. Some chose to get excited about David Barry uh, putting in a future cast for OU. Others said, yeah, I'm going to wait until uh, maybe some others throw out a uh, prediction for Williams Winery. It, it really just sounds like everyone knows it's OU Missouri. Maybe most people think it's a coin flip, but I heard you guys play Steve Wiltfong earlier. Yep. And he's one of the most knowledgeable and respected names in the recruiting industry. And five days out, there's things that – you know, you can't always say. There's things that you can't always reveal. But that was probably a 50-second, close-to-a-minute audio clip. And Steve Wiltfong said absolutely nothing new on the recruitment of williams Winery. So we're five days away. Some people think it's OU. Others think it's Missouri. But really, it feels like very few people know exactly what's going on here. I'll, I'll give you something new, Tyler. Because, as you know, there's there there has been – a renewed sense of confidence over the last week out of the Missouri camp. A lot of confidence. A lot of folks saying, oh boy, here comes Missouri. That confidence has really started to ebb today. Ooh, today, huh, is yeah. when it started? Poor Mizzou. What has happened for Missouri to all of a sudden say, uh-oh, what's going on here? Uh-oh, are we losing our momentum? What's 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 happened for Mizzou to feel that way? I... I don't know what's happened, Tyler, but here's what I can tell you. OU's got the best relationships. I don't know if they have outright the best NIL. I don't know each of the individual numbers that these schools have offered, but I know Oklahoma's NIL offering is substantial. And I also know that at the University of Oklahoma, Williams Nwaneri would get the opportunity to play alongside P.J. Atabare, probably David Stone, Certainly, Jaden Jackson, to generally be part of a defensive front in which you're not going to be able to double team the kid because you can't double team everybody. And they're going to be lined up for a cross with dudes that can make war and raise havoc. You, you just mentioned something that I think would be big for OU's recruiting efforts. And maybe Williams Winery already knows this, but wouldn't it help out, though, even though it's not going to happen until the end of the month? David Stone's announcement. Don't you think it would help OU's chances out a bit if Williams Winery knew today that David Stone is ultimately going to commit and sign with OU when it's all said and done? That would probably help things out when you're recruiting against a program like Missouri, right? Because you just made the point. At Mizzou, he is the focal point of the entire defense. He will be getting double teamed <laughs> probably the majority of his snaps at Mizzou. OU, that wouldn't be the case. So playing alongside other fellow five-stars, uh, would probably help out OU's recruiting pitch even more. And if he and if he knew that OU was going to get David Stone, I, I'm sure that would help somewhere. But I'm I'm interested to hear from you that you're hearing that the Missouri side is maybe not feeling as good as they were three or four days ago. 
That's uh, that's that's fascinating and, and good to hear. Like, did you are you hearing that from a Missouri source? Is that just a, a yes. feel? Yes. No, I've heard that from the Missouri side that there is a diminished sense of confidence today as compared to what they were feeling over the weekend and through most of last week, if we're being honest with ourselves. Hmm. Well, maybe the uh, maybe the check bounced to Williams Winery. <laughs> maybe Williams Winery found out finally that Missouri doesn't even have seats in one end zone, and it's just a giant rock M. Maybe he found that out. I don't know. Maybe he found something out about Missouri uh, that we make fun of them for all the time. Who knows? A listener in the 405 says, is Parker pretty confident that it's not Georgia? <laughs> yes, I'm pretty confident that it's not Georgia. It's, it really feels like it's OU Missouri. Did you talk to him last night, by the way? I did. Williams Winery? Yep. Did he pretty much confirm it's OU in Missouri? That was, if it wasn't explicit in what he said, that was the very strong inference there is that it's OU or it's Missouri. Uh, from the 512, for all we know, Tyler Stone has been recruiting him on the side all along, just like his teammate Jaden Jackson. Yeah, maybe. And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it at zero at all that Winery knows that Stone is going to commit later on this month. I, I would not put those percentages at zero whatsoever. In fact, I, I'm sure Williams Winery probably has a pretty good idea of where David Stone currently sits with his recruitment. Um, it's going to be a text heavy day as they all are here on uh, Locked In, so keep them coming. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Here's my question to you, Parker, and here's my question to the text line as well. Okay. So how many defensive line targets are still out there for OU? Winery, Stone, McKinley, Nigel Smith, and Danny Okoye. Am I missing anyone outside that five? No, there's the main Zena Amosalu. Zena Amosalu. Okay, I think he's, I think he's maybe six on that list, but I'll I'll put him on there. Okay, so there's six names for you, OU fans. Out of those six names right there, like what's the, what I, I guess what's the bare minimum of expectations as we are in or getting close to the middle part of August here? Like what what does OU need to do with those six names? How many do they need to get committed and signed for us to sit here in December and say? Okay, they did what they needed to do with this class, with as many targets as they had. This was a really good defensive line haul for the 2024 class. Is it just as simple as get Winery and Stone and everything else is if just If you get gravy? Williams Winery and you get David Stone, I think most OU fans are cool with that. You get a pair of five stars, tack on Jaden Jackson and Wyatt Gilmore, and you're set. Now, I obviously I think Oklahoma's getting Nigel Smith as well. Find me anyone across the industry who doesn't think Nigel Smith I is mean, out of those sooner. six names and I feel good about Stone, I'm I, Nigel Smith though. Yes, was Nigel Smith likely. is who I feel the best about. Better than Winery, better than Stone. Nigel Smith is as close to a uh, stone cold lock at this point as you can get. And that's been that case for a while. Exactly. That's what it's felt Exactly. Like. And with his announcement over the weekend that he's shutting things down, not doing any interviews, not taking any additional visits before his commitment, it's pretty evident where this thing is headed, right? So, Smith, Noineri, Stone, in addition to Jaden Jackson and Wyatt Gilmore, that's a dang good it's defensive good line haul. Yeah. Tyler. And at that point, a Mosalu or a Koye or Dominic McKinley, man, one of those guys is gravy. If you can get them, great. If not, I don't think anybody's going to be on the message boards on signing day wringing their hands over who Oklahoma didn't get on the defensive Yeah, board. you get I, – I agree. I, I have it written down as well. With Jaden Jackson and Wyatt Gilmore already there, there's two committed. 
You get Winery Stone and Nigel Smith. That's five. That's a real. That's that's the best defensive line haul you've gotten in several years, man. And then if you get someone like Danny Okoye, it just takes it over the top, and it's talked about as maybe the best defensive line haul. Hey, th- there, there's a world that exists right now where I think OU can get the best defensive line class in the entire 2024 recruiting class. Like, that's still out there, and it's not crazy to think that that is possible at all with where they're at with a lot of these targets. So, yeah, I, I would say when Ari Stone and Nigel Smith, you get those three, I think you have to call it an ec- not, not a good, an excellent, an excellent recruiting hall for OU up front. What's the uh, text line saying? <laughs> Mark in Newcastle says, Parker, congrats on your marriage. Tyler, is it just me, or does Parker's voice sound deeper this week? I was noticing the same thing, Mark. I was noticing the same thing. Who, what happens over the weekend, I guess, stays over the weekend. You're not going to Maui, by the way, are you? Are you uh, no, Hawaii? I do not believe we're going okay. to Maui. Well, then I think you're good. I, I, at least I know Maui is uh, not in good shape right now. But if you're not going to Maui, I, I think you're going to be okay. I don't know which island you're, uh, you're traveling to. Just the, the Lanai area in Maui is uh, not, not doing so great right now. Uh, Sam and Edmund, I think they lose Zena and Okoye. Surprise commit will be Dom McKinley. Well, this goes without saying, but if you only get three out of the six and the three or the three five stars, then it looks even better than what it would with Winery Stone. And I, I mean, you, you get three five stars here. It is going to be the best defensive line haul of the class. It's just hard for me, Parker, to even throw out what could be in this class without mentioning Nigel Smith. You know, it just it just feels like that one is, you know, been decided for probably quite some time. Nigel Smith is going to be a part of this class. Really, it's do you get Winery Stone, McKinley, or the others that we mentioned? Yeah. Greg from Lawton says, how many scollies does OU have to give this year? 25 yearly, still the rule. You guys were talking up to 30 recruits in a perfect world. Yeah, you can sign, I believe, up to 32. And I, I believe this is the last year where that provision is allotted. But Oklahoma is going to have a heavy class. I expect no fewer than 27 players and more than likely in the 28 to 30 range. Slim Brady says, uh, I say three with Stone and Williams Winery, but if they miss on one, I'd hope we get four to six. And then he says, actually, scratch that. I'm fine with Stone and Williams Winery, but if we miss on one, I want Okoye slash Nigel Smith. A lot of people really like Danny Okoye. And it's easy to understand why. Kid's a specimen. And especially with him being an in-state prospect, and not only that, but an in-state prospect that nobody was really talking about until four or five months ago, at least in OU circles, because he had no interest in the University of Oklahoma. I think with how strong of a push Oklahoma has made to put themselves in position to contend for his commitment down the stretch, that's probably for many folks, if only for – and well, and not not only because he's such an outstanding football player, but also for the sake of the narrative. Like, what a fun story that is if Danny Okoye ends up a Sooner. But for that reason, and in addition to what he can bring on the gridiron, I think most folks would agree that a world in which you land Danny Okoye in addition to your, whatever, four or five others that you're projected, like, amongst... McKinley, Amozalu, and Okoye, I would say McKinley is probably the best of the bunch. But if you're trying to round out an edge class, 
many OU fans would rather have Danny Aquay than anybody sure. else, and I'm definitely in that camp as well. I would just tell people don't overlook or take for granted uh, Nigel Smith. You know, I mean, this kid is what six five two sixty, I think, are the measurables. We're we're talking about someone Parker that's a top ninety player right now in the twenty four seven composite rankings, and just look at the offer list as a defensive lineman. Ohio State, Penn State, of course, A&M and Texas. He had the Alabama offer, Florida State, Florida, the Georgia offers. Like, Nigel Smith has all the offers you would want to see for a big-time defensive lineman. He's not Williams Winery. He is not David Stone. And I know that he doesn't play the same position as, you know, it necessarily both of those players. But Nigel Smith is a really good player, a top 100 player nationally. I would just say don't take him for granted, I think, when he ends up being a part of this class. Don't just look at him as a as just a nice little throw-in. And I don't think – I would hope nobody is, but Nigel Smith's a really good football player and one of the better defensive linemen outside Winarian Stone that maybe you, would have, you, you have gotten in quite some time. Zane in Tulsa says, my daughter goes to the same school as Danny Okoye. Okay, Zane, then get us some intel, homie. Work that angle for us. The same, Be our source. The same uh, – or goes to Noah. Go, goes to Noah as well. Yes, the uh, Northeast Oklahoma Association of Homeschools. Yeah, well, when Danny Okoye sat here in the ref studios, that's really all I needed to see to say, yep, yep, you want that guy. Which is what now? What What exactly did you need to see? Uh, I didn't really need to see anything oh, other okay. than him sit down in the ref studios. Yep, yep, that's it. And then he started saying that he's he did weeks of research on – OU's football history and this uh, staff's hit history as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's 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 something that you uh, that's someone that you want on campus here. 405-651-3439 is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. What are some camp rumblings going on in Norman right now? First day of full pads for OU. Practice number six in the books. We'll talk about camp rumblings, Grant Bricks, Caden Durham tomorrow, and a whole lot more. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army, you know it. Listening nationwide once again today via the free KREF app. K-R-E-F in the App Store. Cedar Falls, Iowa is tuned in today. Noonan, Georgia. Seattle, Washington. Madison, Mississippi. Columbus, Indiana. Baxter, Tennessee. Melissa, Texas is tuned in today. I didn't go searching for Melissa, Texas on the app map during that break, but Melissa, Texas did show up. So glad to hear we were talking Nigel Smith, and then I, I find that Melissa, Texas is uh, tuned in. Small Oklahoma town of the day. I didn't think this one would meet the threshold, but according to the internets, it does. Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. There you go. Paul's Valley, our Oklahoma Noodling small town of the day. capital of the world. That is, uh, that is accurate, yes. Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabric. So if we're not talking about defensive linemen, edge players, like the, the biggest and maybe best target that's still on the board, maybe Grant Bricks, it's, offensive linemen. I would say it's you know? easily Grant Bricks. If you're looking at the offensive board, what is left of it? It's Grant Bricks, it's Daniel Akinkumi, and that's and it's Andy Bass, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So amongst those three, the most coveted commodity, no disrespect to the other two, it's Grant Bricks. Uh, what's the latest with Grant Bricks? 
OUK State battle? Well, uh, OUK State, Nebraska. I mean, none of those three schools are out of it. But I will say there is a quiet consensus right now that Oklahoma is the team to beat. I think I'm the only one in the industry with a pick in for Oklahoma. I put that pick in at the beginning of June. Uh, just a kid that has always, always, from the very first time I sat down with him in person in, back in January, I knew that, okay, that kid's a cultural fit at the University of Oklahoma. That kid, whenever he gets down there for his visit, and he'd already been down there for a game day at that point, but just a kid that you could tell would mesh well with everything that Oklahoma has going on. Also a very impressive prospect, very impressive football player, and probably the biggest ticket that the small town of Logan, Iowa, has seen in quite some time. I'm going to be back up there this Saturday morning out at Bricks' practice, so I will have more on the other side of the weekend. But for right now, I do give Oklahoma the edge. I think the big question right now is how quickly can you get a decision finalized because if this thing drags into September, then you know what Nebraska and Kansas State are going to try to do. right? They're going to try to get them back for a game day, and it's a lot easier to make a drive from Logan, Iowa to Lincoln, Nebraska, or Manhattan, Kansas, than it is to Norman, Oklahoma. Especially for a bunch of 11 a.m. kickoffs around here. Your first home Bingo. game, your first home game, and your last home game this year. And we don't know every kickoff time, but your first and your last home games are both at 11 a.m., which totally just stinks. And I had that down on the rundown sheet today is, what's the, quote, big visit weekend? I mean, is there going to be a big visit weekend, seeing as where you're at in 2024? And honestly, where you're at in 2025. And when I think of big visit weekends, you could have a large visitor weekend with a bunch of guys that are already committed to the 24-25 class. But in terms of uncommitted visitors, will OU have a big visit weekend this year? And what's, most, what's the most likely you know, weekend where that's going to occur? Tough to say right now, potentially. Pretty much everybody has taken their official visit, right? Yeah. You have 19 commits, probably going to have 23, 24 by the end of the month. I, I don't know if there's going to be a big visit weekend. I don't, I, I, that's I, why I bring it up. I don't feel like there is. There's what, At this point, unless some things seriously fall through, there's not going to be an opportunity for there to be one because of your key targets that have not yet taken an official visit, Let's think off, off the top of my head. Daniel Akinkumi has yet to take an official visit. Danny Okoye has yet to take an official visit. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So, Oklahoma doesn't have anybody to impress, at least not in the 24 class, with in-season visits, save for Okoye and Akinkumi. So, as long as you can lock down those two, Man, you don't need to have a big bash on a Saturday. Get all your guys back in town. I'm sure that'll happen organically. Like I'm sure there'll be certain Saturdays where you have ten or twelve of the commits all on campus yeah. at the same time. But I thought yeah, it would just, be more of like a twenty twenty five big recruiting weekends, but again you have you're already on your way to several twenty five players committed by the season starting that I don't know. I don't know if there's a big uh, weekend visit uh, list this week. I mean, there will be weekend visitors, but will it get larger once OU's in the SEC with better games and better kickoff times? Yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, Okay, Bobby in Broken Arrow says he's driving by the Buckies in Melissa, not supporting the A&M NIL. 
Keep fighting the good fight there, Bobby. Thank you. I didn't realize Melissa had a Bucky's. It does have a Bucky's. I have frequented that Bucky's over the last two years. Eric in Dallas can't believe Caden Durham is choosing LSU. Their running back coach is in some legal trouble. Well, I mean, he is LSU's sole focus right now at running back. You know, I, I all the reports out of OU camp right now is, geez, OU is stacked right now at running back. And not only are they stacked right now at running back, they've got a lot of different body types as well. They kind of really fit all the molds that you would want at that position. And, oh, by the way, they have the number one running back committed as well. I just – OU's in – and not that LSU's in bad shape at running back. LSU traditionally has been really good at running back. But LSU might only take one scholarship running back this cycle, and it's probably going to be Caden Durham. So, I don't know. We, we, we were even throwing out the possibility of this happening once Taylor Tatum committed three, four Fridays ago, however long it was. But it does feel like Caden Durham's picking LSU tomorrow. That it does. Uh from the 405 it's crazy to think about how much an 11 a.m kickoff affects the environment so much it's really unfortunate that this has become so common for OU football and not only does it affect the environment it affects recruiting as well because I mean for instance a kid like Grant Bricks who lives seven hours away from Oklahoma can't play on a Friday night and then make the drive on Saturday morning to OU or even make the flight on yeah. Saturday well, morning. For a program that recruits as out of state as OU does, and I, like Georgia's got a ton of talent in their own backyard. They're recruiting outside the state of Georgia, but Georgia, I'm guessing, getting more players from its own state than OU is, a li- little bit easier for a kid in the state of Georgia to get to Athens for an 11 a.m. kickoff. Is, you know, So it's, it's difficult for OU with all the different states that they're trying to get in on or be in on. Frisco Sooner says, guys, I haven't heard a lot from Adabare this fall. Will he see some playing time this year? Well, if you haven't heard a lot on P.J. Adabare, let me tell you something. <laughs> that dude's been working some with the ones. Yeah, he's, he's going to play some this year. Doesn't mean he's going to start. But trust me, trust me, you will see him a lot this uh, fall. Uh, what are some camp rumblings right now? Safety is really good. I don't Safety think, is really good, I don't man. think that's surprising. I, I thought We thought that was going to be the case three or four months ago, but you're seeing it right now in camp. Safety's probably the best position group they have. And Teddy was at practice yesterday and Saturday. He says, look, I, I was only at two practices, still early in training camp. He said Caleb Hicks is the best running back that he's seen out there. True freshman. How about that? Caleb Hicks. Not projecting coming, him to start. And, well, and consider the source. Consider the source. Noted hater of freshman Teddy Lehman. I know. So Yeah, it's true. If Caleb Hicks is the one impressing Teddy, I mean, who was Teddy's camp pet last year? It was our Mason Thomas. That, that panned out pretty well. Well, I think our Mason Thomas is going to pan out quite nicely as, uh, as uh, this year as well. Uh, 918, you think Durham is going to LSU. You think Colin Simmons is going there as well? Like to see the Shorthorns lose another recruiting battle. Well, I, look, Colin Simmons got everybody tied in knots right now. I don't think anybody is 100% certain whether it's LSU or whether it's Texas tomorrow. They're committing like kind of together, correct? Yes. Like on the same live stream? Yes. Fortunately, that's not a situation that I have to be particularly in tune with. Right now, my, my focus is the guy who's committing next Monday. As it should be. Uh-huh. Sole focus right now. Five days away. Sole it's focus. Funny, like, basically, my entire job for the last three weeks has consisted of getting updates on williams Nwaneri and Grant Bricks. I am, uh, I am very torn with the Colin Simmons recruitment because I think he's a really good player and is going to be a really good player at the next level. 
So for my entire existence, if it's ever come down to Texas and anyone else, right, it's been, oh, oh I, I hope he goes elsewhere, right? I, I don't want Texas to get a player the caliber of Colin Simmons. A little bit different now in the SEC, right? <laughs> if he picks LSU tomorrow, then you're going to have to face him at least once during his time in the SEC. So do you want him to go to LSU and probably have a better chance of being you know, actually becoming a better player there with how they develop talent compared to Texas. I, 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 I guess I'm. I'll still root for LSU tomorrow, despite having to play LSU. Yeah, in the I think future. if you're an OU fan, you're rooting for yeah, LSU. Yeah, because yeah. you know what? If you have to play him, fine. But at least he's if if he's not a Longhorn. Okay, whatever. Five one two. I texted last week, but attendance has been killed by hot weather at eleven a.m. games. Much more comfortable to watch inside with AC. Well, I, I mean, maybe I think it's been more about the bad games at 11 a.m. that have uh, maybe hurt attendance here in the uh, in the past. That's that's what I look at. I'm trying to think the last time we had a legitimately good 11 a.m. game. Uh, all the ones that immediately spring to mind. Tulane sucked. Yeah. Nebraska I, sucked. Um, I mean, that was at least a fun, like, okay, cool, Nebraska's coming to town. But you're talking about, like, a legitimate great game at 11 a.m.? Do we have to go back to Can- OU Nebraska in I mean, 2000? Kansas, Kansas last year mm. was – that might have been the best home game OU played. But even so, it was not a very not a very fun one to be a part of because you're like, okay, score, 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 score. And it, that game came down to Oklahoma making a couple of stops that Kansas couldn't make. And you're talking – like Peyton saying, well, I mean, OU Texas every year. You're, you're talking about home games in Norman. Yeah. Yeah, obviously OU Texas is the best 11 a.m. game of the year. Not just for Oklahoma, but probably nationally as well. OU Nebraska in 2000 or OU Kansas State in 2001 might be our answer here for the last legit 11 a.m. kickoff in Norman. I wouldn't be surprised if we have to go back that far. Fred says, how close is Tyler to debuting his BV voice in time for the season? Um, What, I got 24 days? Ooh, I got some work to do, Fred, to, to get there. I'll, uh, I'll work on that. I can't tell if this is a joke or actually serious because I know that – Okay, I'll explain why I'm not entirely sure this is a joke uh, in a moment. But Stillwater Sooner says, My wife's best friend's brother recently sold a heifer to the Bricks family. Intel is that Grant is a Sooner. Okay, it is a joke because he said my wife's best friend. So, Well, but for a second there, when you're reading that, what – you have told us about Grant Bricks and well, what and he's that's all the thing. about. Like, he I, I was like, me, I, I kind of believe it for a second. He told you know? me his family had gone to Oklahoma to buy a cow. <laughs> so, like, hang on. My wife's best friend's – well, I guess that is plausible. Okay. I, I'm just going to choose like, to believe this uh, report from Stillwater Sooner. I'm going to choose to believe it. Shark says 08 Miami game, 51-13. Yeah, that was a very, very humid game. That was 07, actually, Shark. But, yeah, um, that was very, very humid in Norman. I think it just rained like the night before. Oh, boy, that was that was a steamy one. 405-651-3439. Any other camp rumblings outside Caleb Hicks? Safety looking really good right now. I think they're going to be pretty good getting to the quarterback this year. Any Anything else to note? Josiah Wagner, man, he's not yeah, going away. I Not going away. Josiah Wagner, Gentry Williams. Two favorites for that other corner spot. Uh, right now, Woody. I would say so. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More of your text, more Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many 
of the employees have been there for more than 20 years. Their low-pressure environment creates an enjoyable experience for everyone. Dorsey Jones' uh, sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. They have all that and an incredible pricing as well. Dorsey, Jones, Buick, GMC. All right, from the 918, we got a ton of text to get to. Can you take a minute and explain why Gavin Sawchuck missed practice and is he, is he back with the team? Thanks. So as I understand it, I wasn't there at Jeff Lebby's media availability session the other day because, well, I was on the air here. It was Monday, right? Yes. Yeah. From what I understand, Gavin Sawchuck was just getting some treatment. I believe I heard from a couple of folks that had to do with hydration. So nothing severe, nothing to write home about. But he did practice that day, just wasn't out there during the open portion in which the media was allowed to come and view practice, which naturally raised a lot of questions amongst the fans as to why one of the Sooners' uh, key cogs in the running back room was not practicing in front of the media, but uh, not really anything to be concerned about from what I understand. A lot of text on this. Sam and Edmund says, what's the latest on the Smothers going home rumors? And as I'm reading that, someone else from the 903 says, Dalen Smothers update. Yeah, I, I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, that started during, I mean, like 40 minutes ago, I think on this show, when we started getting those well, texts. Well, it's been, it's been going around since yesterday. Um I have no confirmation of anything that would suggest Dalen Smothers has been dismissed from the team, and he's still on the program's online roster. So as long as a guy is still on the online roster, he's still part of the team. Trust me, as we've we've come to know in the past, the second a guy is dismissed from the team, he's no longer on the online roster. So as long as Smothers is showing up on your online roster, folks, uh, everything is under control quick someone go to centersports.com check it keep hitting refresh until 6 p.m <laughs> let us know if he's still on the roster or not by the time we get out of here tonight 918 don't know where williams winery will go but i do know that brent venables would dominate uh, dominate eli drinkwitz in a street fight yeah i mean who who wouldn't dominate eli drinkwitz in a street fight i mean he tried to win the war with words and he would throw out a couple of uh, things to try to make fun of his opponent, but Eli's not beating anyone in a, in a street fight. I'm trying to think of any other coach in the SEC I would favor Eli Drinkwitz over in a street fight. I, I would take Brent Venables against any and all individual alumni of Arkansas Tech. The Arkansas Tech Golden Boys. I just don't I, – I, I, don't, I don't view him as a – I think he's a fake tough guy. But, yeah, I don't think when it, when it comes down to it that, that Eli's, Eli's a tough guy. And he's going to be in big trouble here on Monday if they don't land williams Winery. Like, okay, we, we've talked about it enough, right? There's a world where Winery picks Missouri and OU still finds a way to get him flipped before signing day, right? That world absolutely exists. What's Missouri's plan? What's their plan of action, realistically, if – Williams Winery picks OU on Monday. Do they do they have a realistic? Because I could see OU flipping uh, Winery away from Missouri, but I don't really see anything realistically Parker to where Missouri could flip uh, Winery away from OU. I am of the opinion, as our sources around the Switzer Center, that if Winery picks Oklahoma on Monday, it is done. And even if he doesn't pick OU on Monday, 
there is an optimism that he will be signing with OU by December. Yeah, well, I, look, it's OU and Missouri here, and I'm not saying that I would be necessarily worried about Georgia flipping Williams Winery, but but if he picks OU on Monday, I'll be more concerned with Georgia flipping Williams Winery than I would Missouri flipping Williams Winery. And I would agree, if only for the fact that Missouri is probably going to win five games, at best, in 2020. That's best case scenario for us, and the Missouri Tigers in 2023. Um, I tell you, if he's not already, who's going to be KREF Recruiter of the Month midway through August when we get back on Monday? Probably going to be old uh, Emmett Jones looking for his uh, fourth out of fifth month if he gets Jaden Nickens this weekend. Man, that's right. Emmett Jones. And, and let us let us recall for a moment, he had, he had a very strong case for Recruiter of the Month in July as well. But DeMarco got Taylor Tatum, which in the end outweighed Zion Raggins and Elijah Thomas if only ever so slightly. But yeah, August, man, a bunch of guys about to make their presence felt in the fabled KREF Recruiter of the Month race. Mm -hmm. Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, Bill Biedenboe. Only commit of the month so far belongs to Jeff Levy. He's he's your leader in the clubhouse right now. Yeah, because Michael Patterson-McDonald was on the 31st. No way, I guess. I I, I forgot about about Josh Isosa. Well, didn't uh, didn't OU get a twenty-five wide receiver? The the Shakota uh, kid in state. That was in did July. that happen in August? That was in July. Oh, that was in July. Okay. Yeah. So I I forgot about Josh Isosa probably because I was preoccupied at the time he committed. But uh, uh, yeah, the two guys that are on the board right now are Jeff Levy and Bill Biedenboe. By the way, Gunny confirms. Thank you, Gunny. Working hard today. Dalen Smothers still on the official OU roster, wearing number seven as a freshman. And from the five eight zero, the Twitter rumor is that Smothers is transferring to NC State. I mean, wasn't the rumor last fall was that he had broken OU's no-visit policy by going to NC State and then nothing ever became of that? There, That was a rumor at one point. I don't know, ever know if that was confirmed or not, but, yeah, that was that was the thing for a very short time. Uh, 501 from the state of Arkansas. Are we getting Jaden Nickens tomorrow? I'm good if we do not get Caden Durham. You're not getting Jaden Nickens tomorrow. Unless he wants to pull a Josh Iasosa and say, "Hey, I'm committing. Uh, I'm gonna just gonna commit early, and I'm gonna do it at 4 p.m. on Parker's wedding day." Jaden Nickens is set for August 12th, not not tomorrow. So really, the only prospect that we're watching out for, and I don't think anyone really expects him to pick OU, but tomorrow is just Caden Durham. Zane says, "Is it more important to land Eli Bowen for his talent's sake, or to avoid the texts asking if Peyton is going to transfer to Texas?" The latter. Yeah, take take your pick, Zane. Eli Bowen's a great football player, phenomenal football player, and if he ends up committing to the University of Texas, oh boy. We're going to have to fight the misinformation from the in- inside Texas folks for who knows how long into the future. Uh, from the 580, I thought Nigel Smith was the guy who deleted his OU stuff on Instagram and seems to be le- leaning towards Texas A&M. Fill us in on why he's most locked in at OU. Was that a thing with Nigel uh, Smith? It, it, no. I mean, he might have deleted OU stuff off of his Instagram, but that's just something he that He visited A&M Senate for the pool party a few weeks ago, but yeah, I no no one no one has ever said, reported, suggested that Nigel Smith is leaning anywhere but Oklahoma. At least not anybody credible. Right now across the entire industry, every single prediction including some very recent ones favor Oklahoma. 
Yeah, yeah. I um, he he took a visit to A and M, but that's that's really about it. I I don't know if everyone else is conceding, like what what's going to happen with him in early September, but feels like it's uh, widely thought that Nigel Smith is going to pick OU in uh, early September. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine Knipple Myers Chevrolet text line. We'll close up locked in next with more OU Cruton. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the home of Sooner fans. This is, uh, I, I guess when I first looked at it, I said, whoa. More I think about it, not that surprising. 43 of the projected 69 starting nice. quarterbacks in the uh, Power 5 this year are transfers, former transfers. 43 out of 69, over 62% of uh, the projected starters in college football are transfer portal players. Very interesting. We'll see how much that trend, uh, if that trend changes in the future. I don't, I don't know if it's going to change all that much. No, I mean that's, it's kind of the name of the game now at quarterback. You know, you go somewhere and you don't start immediately. Within two years, typically, then a lot of guys will hit the portal and they're they'll go somewhere that provides an easier, more effortless path to the field. And so, I, yeah, I don't, I. I don't know if that trend is going to diminish at all. If anything, I would say it increases. Yeah. Greg from Blanchard, Xavier Robinson was the recruit who pulled his Twitter stuff down a couple of weeks ago. Not Nigel Smith, if my memory serves. Greg yeah, but there was a there, it was Nigel Smith's Instagram that people were freaking out about a while back because I guess he deleted a few OU pictures. No, uh, that kid's still a heavy OU lean. Nine oh nine from the state of California. Dominic McKinley have a date. Guessing you're talking about a commitment date there. Uh, he hinted last week that he wants to get it over before his season starts, so at late August, early September is the thought right now, but he hasn't, he hasn't announced he a date. He himself has not announced a date, yes. So, uh, until we get a date from the kid, uh, given what he said in interviews, yeah, I would put a late August, early September timetable on it, but we don't know exactly when. Someone asked, was asking about uh, Jacoby Johnson, saying, haven't heard much from him Anything to note on Jacoby Johnson? Is he having a nice training camp? Um, he, he is playing defense. We found that out last Tuesday. That was Justin Quita. There it is. Haven't heard much about Jacoby Johnson since his commitment. How's he panning out? I think he's panning out and going to pan out just fine. It's just he's at a position group right now that, I mean, safety's as deep as they've been in a, in, in a while, man. And I think we could be potentially saying that about corner once we, you know, really see the first five, six games uh, of the season, you know? Because that that other corner spot opposite of Woody Washington, some might look at that as a question mark right now. I think it's going to be pretty good. But I think midway through the year, Parker, if not sooner, we're going to look at it and say, geez, the secondary is as good and as deep as it's been in quite some time. When was the last time secondary was a strength for Oklahoma? Not just not a liability, but a legitimate strength. How far back do you have to go? <sighs> Man, I like the last great OU defense to me was 2009. Like the record wasn't great that year, but that defense was really good in 09. Um, maybe you have to go back that far. I mean, there's been individually some good corner play since 2009, but like collectively as a secondary, it's it's been it's been over a decade since I think that we've looked at it as a strength. The 2015 defense was good based on what we've seen here recently, but was 2015 a great defense? I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. So I might say 2009. So there you go. Nearly a decade and a half since secondary was a legitimate strength. 
for Oklahoma, which is – and kind of where I'm going with that is if this secondary is what we expect it to be in 2023, man, Brandon Hall and Jay Valai will be due for a nice raise in the offseason. Yeah. Because what they have done on the recruiting trail and as far as development ever since they got to Oklahoma and joined Brent Venable's staff, it's been remarkable. Uh, by the way, 24-7 Sports has crystal ball predictions for top 15 uncommitted recruits in 2024. For what it's worth, Williams, Winery, all 100% of the crystal balls on 24-7 have him going to OU. It's so. just two. It's me and Brandon. <laughs> right, yeah. They're not even over there anymore. Uh, but that's, yeah, you two right now. They have uh, David Stone. 77.8% of the crystal balls are in for Oklahoma, and I can't believe that there's 22.2% of the crystal balls still pointing towards Michigan State. I, uh, I figured that they would have pulled those crystal balls from MSU by now, but I, but I guess not. Here we are, still holding out hope. And then uh, Dominic McKinley. I don't think there's a whole lot of crystal balls just in for one. him right now, just the one, and it's to uh, Texas right now. Yeah, which I think is premature, not to say that – there's no chance he ends up at Texas, but right now nobody really knows where that kid is leaning. And so I, I believe that's the only prediction across the industry, and understandably so, because he's done a very good job, and his family has done a very good job of keeping his preferences and intentions quiet. That's that's one that's not going to shock me. I, I guess whatever he chooses, if it's late August, early September – a flip before signing day wouldn't surprise me all that much with him. Like if he's really going to announce, if he's really going to announce in late August or early September, a, a flip before signing day would not surprise me at all with Dominic McKinley. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.